0: Good. Please don't. yeah, no, please do receive no. it. Go ahead, Marty. See. I want to honor you,
1: I just pray on behalf of-
0: yeah.
2: Lord, the wounds that permeate your body.
3: God, that balm, apply it,
2: Lord. Your healing.
3: Your healing. And Lord, thank you for our sister. Thank you for your word, Lord. But in in behalf of my generation, Lord, Lord, do. Open our mouths. That your grace, It's your grace, that your grace, Lord, may be released.
2: In Jesus' name, amen.
4: <laughs> Two short things. Listen, I decided to come to this conference last uh, Sunday or Monday, and admittedly, the church hadn't put out a whole lot about what the conference was about. And I don't even know that this morning's session was what we've talked about so far was even in the plan. I was having breakfast with a friend on Wednesday morning over a bagel. And what we've been talking about in the last hour was exactly what I expressed to them about the quenching of the Spirit for the sake of control and theology and This is my church, not God's church, and these are my people, not your people, and this is my plan. And and the hurt, and the wounds, I mean, the situation I described was years ago, but I think it was evident, because I saw me reflected in their face, the pain that I was feeling over something that happened three, four years ago. And so I just wanted to this is awesome (laughs) because, I mean, that was just totally cool. And then, Leah, last night I had a dream. I was telling Melissa about it this morning, and I don't remember, even now I don't remember a lot of the details, but I was in a workshop, if you will, multi-day workshop with... An old man who had white hair, and we'll pretend it was Tom. It wasn't, but. <laughs> um, and he he looked he looked he looked oh he looked vaguely familiar, but I couldn't place him. And so we were just talking, like me and Tom, or me and Mitchwood, you know, and just going through the motions of the workshop, and getting to know each other and building relationship and. And I, I just I couldn't get it out of my head. And then some mug or container or something came by and it had his picture on it with his name. But in the picture, he had darker hair. And I was like, wait a minute, this is you. And it's someone who's very prominent in our community now. And I don't know him personally, but I know of him. He's come to Blacksburg in the last year or so. I was like, "What happened to your hair?" <laughs> and he basically said, "You know, your hair will turn white too in a year if you go through what I've been through." And so I, I just all of that to say, I think it, it speaks to the wisdom and the honor that you are speaking over the generations ahead of us and behind us.
5: You know, I, I don't even know what to say. I know that the Lord is just stirring something in in here. And, you know, it's been really on my heart recently. Just, you know, we were talking to Emily. We're kind of over, we kind of oversee the youth, pers- pe- you know, team. And we were just talking to Emily, and you know, just trying to think about how the youth could think, generation before, and then generation, you know, before them. You know, how how could how do we get outside of ourselves to think generations before, generations after? And um, I don't know. I just continue to think of how, you know, a lot of people ask me, you know, you know, I, I love my mom and dad, but a lot of people say, you know, well, you know, you have three boys that are walking with the Lord and you must have godly parents. I said, well, I mean, my parents, I mean, we went to church and things like that, but it was more kind of social oriented. But I can always think of my grandmother, like, and how she just walked you know and I didn't even really want it at that moment in time I just knew that every time she walked in the room I was going to be loved on by Jesus and and just the influence of that you know how much that imparted to me as a gener- this generation and so I just want to continue to declare that honor uh not only the wisdom but there's so much empowerment that are in that's in this generation above me um, that needs to continue. I mean, when you start talking about, you know, uh, fathers and fathering and mothering, well, I mean, I still feel like I'm kind of growing up into that, but I'm not there yet. I don't feel like, but you guys are. Like, you know, the ones that we're talking about, you are fathers and mothers of the faith. And and, and I just reiterate that honor to you guys, how y'all walk with us. Now you continue to encourage and build up, and that, and that that season is not even close to being over with. And God's just awakening it again in in this, because I think sometimes, like you said, that hurt and the stuff that sometimes we've gone over just diminishes that and and tries to cut that off. And God's just awakening it. And I just I continue to think of how even though my grandmother and grandfather have gone on, and 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 some of and my other grandparents, specifically the one. I mean, she she used to love and hug on us. Worst thing ever was, you know, I I broke my collarbone. She came she came to visit, and I don't know if you know about a broken collarbone, but it hurts like crazy. She came in and squeezed the stew out of me and loved on me with Jesus. I went in my room and like passed out because out of pain, but, but you know. But she just the love that came out of her and, and the encouragement, and wisdom that I didn't always receive. And so some some of you have felt like well. This generation hasn't always received what you wanted to give, but man, if I could go back and do anything in my life, it'd be go back and receive the fullness of what she was giving. So don't underestimate that. Like what you give, don't you know, You don't have to, we don't have to shove it down the next generation's throat. But what y'all are doing is giving life to that next generation, speaking life into them. It, like they'll, they'll get it. We'll get it. Sometimes, unfortunately, I got it, you know, after they went on. But, um, but I just encourage you to speak that into you, and just honor you for just that that you've that you've given. And I know sometimes you, we we kind of get weary in our giving, but don't grow weary in well doing. Like God still has that for you. So.
6: Um, in along the lines of what Leah was saying about honoring. The generation before us, I'm, I'm in, I'm in with Leah's generation, um, and I just want to say thank you for the sacrifices that you guys made. Because that's what I kept hearing when Leah was talking was, you know, there were sacrifices made, um, especially by, and what I was hearing was for the by the women, almost, almost like um, trailblazers.
5: You want to, before I t- give this back to Rick, to try to figure out where to go from here.
1: You know, I, I shared with, with Mitch uh, earlier something that God's been doing in me. I, I met with uh, Rick and, or they met with me, I don't know, we just hung out. But anyway, um, you know, there's been some places in my, in my heart that God's been working with me in, some areas that, um, of, of change and, and growth, and, and he's wanting me to get a hold of some truth in those areas of my heart. Rick was speaking some things to me, but I really believe that the Lord sh- showed me a scheme in some ways of the enemy in that, and i, I just feeling like it's for us. Uh, I've been through a lot of healing in my heart. I mean I've been hurt. I've been wounded. I grew up in a rough house. I've you know had a lot of religious hurts and a lot of pains in the church and things like that. And, And and a lot of times and I've been and God's just done a miraculous work in my heart and a lot of changing in my heart. And but what I feel like happens is when when certain things take place in my life, when I maybe operate in a certain behavior or I operate in a certain way, I always gravitate back towards, oh, I must be, it must be this issue. I must be wounded in this way, or I must be struggling in this way. And, and it's almost like the enemy has taken my healing and using it against me. You, you understand where I'm coming from? He's, he's taking right. that, that healing that God's done in my heart, and he gets me focused back on what's wrong with me good, right? instead of what's right with me. And He brings condemnation on me. So, when He brings that condemnation on me, then I can't receive the beautiful word that God wants to give me. Like, you're altogether beautiful and there's no blemish in you. There's nothing wrong with you, son. I love you just the way that you are. See, but I'm focused on the judgments I had towards my mother or this person that did this to me. And, I I mean, I've confessed that... Twenty-seven hundred times, and got that right. You know, I've dealt with the death, <laughs> death Wish Four, Terminator Two, bitter root judgments of it all. I mean, I've, you know, spanned the, you know, the bowels of my soul trying to deal with all the stuff, and and but the enemy begins to bring me back to that. Well, the Lord wants to bring us out of that. You know, the Lord wants to bring us out of that bondage and into freedom. You know, He wants to bring us into hope and joy in life, not where we're always sucking lint out of our navel all the time, you know? I mean, I do. I'm not, I'm not saying that. And, I, and, and listen, if you are still in a place where you need some healing, I don't want you to take what I'm saying as condemnation, okay? I really don't, you know, because I, I'm sure there are still places in my heart that I need help in and I need ministry in, but I think, I really believe that the Lord wants to bring us out of that place, you know, and He wants to bring us into a promised land, he wants to bring us into a place of freedom and joy and laughter. where well, We're no longer wallowing in those things anymore. God's healed those things. He became a curse for us so that we wouldn't have to live under a curse. You know, He set us free. The blood of the Lamb set us free. And we don't have to live in that anymore. So we can receive the truth of what God says to us. Anyway.
3: As Leah spoke over us and asked for forgiveness, I always feel when somebody asks you forgiveness, it's important to verbally say, I forgive you. So I just want you to know that on behalf of my generation, I forgive you, we forgive you. And I have a mother's heart and I have a heart for reconciliation. And hand in hand, we are stronger. Last night, um, the Lord reminded me of a verse, and I think it goes with some of the things we're talking about today. I couldn't remember where it was, and I couldn't remember the whole verse, but um, it's, it's in Isaiah I mean no, it's in Luke. well, there' are two. One of them is isaiah 42 three and um, that says that a bruised reed he will not break." And then in Luke. Four, eighteen, and 19, um, Jesus says, He has sent me to set at liberty them that are bruised. And that's what Robbie's talking about. He wants us to be at liberty. He doesn't want us to wallow in those bruises. <laughs> he wants us to be at liberty. And, you know, it's a powerful place <laughs> for us to be. And we're moving in that direction, <laughs> which is praise God. Um, prophetically, God has been telling us about the moving of His Holy Spirit in this whole area, and probably everybody else I talk to in different regions are saying the same thing. He's particularly going after the wounded, and so there's a lot of people that have been mooned, wounded in, tr- in the traditional church and don't want to come anywhere near it, and so we have to, you know, to help them. See God. They need to see God on a different framework, uh, and so just be alerted that God is moving us in a exciting direction, and there and there's purpose to this, not just only for our benefit, but for those whom God's calling.
0: There's another uh, facet, if I can get this out. There's another facet of honoring. It's um, sort of in my heart, in relationship to that middle of four, you know, 1 Corinthians 12. To those members of the body, well, on the contrary, it's much truer that the bodies which, the members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and those members of the body we deem less honorable than those we bestow much honor on The other... How about the ones? God, I just put in my heart. Those that are weaker, um, and also those that don't look too pretty. They're sound too pretty when they talk. In fact, many times you feel like you wish they'd shut up. You know, when they start talking, and and God's going, those are honor too. You know, and uh, you know, like Paul and I went this last week. We went out to see. Uh, uh i told y'all last night hannah and (coughs) abby belshan well we went and uh and here amy belshan you know she's struggling with ms and here she's you know she's in her interpret that (laughs) in her wheelchair thing huh no, oh. Oh, buggy, wheelchair, scooter, you know, and and I'm going. God, they would never ceased honor the uh, the weak and the unattractive and, and the the less seemingly members, you know. And we're always about honoring the strong or the. Or the the ones up front. those that look pretty or whatever? You know? God. It's got. Values every part. Jesus. Can somebody pray this out? Somebody's got to pray this out. It's got a heart for the, the weak and the. And the. Somebody pray it, please. Get it off (laughs) of (laughs) me.
7: Oh, Father, we need you, Lord God, to be our strength, to be their strength. And Lord, we do ask for your hand upon their lives. Not only in their physical bodies, but in their mental bodies, Lord. That their mental strength would be your strength. That their physical bodies would be your body, Lord. Because we know our kingdom is your kingdom. And it's not But we ask that your kingdom come to this earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I just thank you and praise you. And we do honor them. We honor them for their steadfastness in loving you. We thank you for Amy. We thank you for Jim. We just pray and speak life into them. We speak your kingdom into them. And we thank you for them and bless them. In Jesus' name.
5: Father, I just pray that you would also just, you just highlight, you begin to highlight those members, Lord, that we need to go bestow honor upon, Lord, uh, that we would not be distracted in our honor, that we would not be distracted in that, Lord, that we would see it and we would be able to declare it and give it, Lord, and uh, Lord, that you would just, um, just supernaturally, God, just uh, equip, Lord, us as, as members, but also the body of Christ as a whole, Lord, this body, God, to to see that, and not just to see it, but, Lord, to, to act on it, Lord, to speak honor into that, and Father, that we would see, Lord God, that, Lord, even I just remember, Lord, that you, in your word, Lord, that you, you want to give those members that seat up front, Lord. You want to give those members, Lord, that, that encouragement and that building up, and God, I just pray that we would, Lord, find those people and, and invite them up, 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 where we're at, Lord God, where we are uh, worshiping or or, in, or sitting or whatever that looks like, God, I just pray you begin to stir us in that, Lord, and that we would be able to be men and women, a body that honors, honors those, and Lord, we bless you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
6: I don't know, I just, all of a sudden, I could not stop smiling And I just felt like, Kathy, you and Matthew are a forerunner. Like, you're forerunners in this. The confidence that Matthew has in his value and his worth just blesses me. Blesses me. And I think you just need to receive the well done. You are a woman of just honor and power, and strength, you're precious, and what you've invested in your son is just amazing to me, and if you watch him, he just, I feel like it's Jesus walking among us, like during worship, he'll just walk in, and he knows, gosh, that he has value and worth in this body, And his life means a lot. And I just you just need to receive like the breakthrough that I feel like that you have brought in your obedience and even in the places that you ask and that you'll ask confidently. And I just thank you for that. I thank you for your persistence and how you stand and just the joy that you and Matthew bring to this body. It just blesses all of us.
0: How about Maya, Jeff, and Beth? Beth, with Maya, you'll see. He'll bring them up, bring them up in the middle of worship. I was asking them about it the other night. she just, he said she'd be kicking, you know, like, ah, oh, yeah. What you got, Rick?
7: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, we talk about. to our definitions of the supernatural of God. And then we could say, think about definitions of a Holy Ghost, Spirit-filled corporate worship service. You can't get no more powerful than what we just went through. Anybody got to preach? (laughs) I want to crawl up behind the speaker. <laughs> <laughs> Do what? Uh, I know where to worship. I know where to get to worship. Uh, just, I think i got to download this. Um, oh God, I just feel like I'm feeling his heart. Uh, dude, I just feel his heart. And that's sort of what, you know, if, um, You know, we're talking about the heavenlies or, you know, let's go to that Second Corinthians 6 passage, please. I'm just trying to be, a, I think God's saying, speak this. We could go into worship right now and Robbie could really lead us into in the depths of God's heart. And I think he's, I don't want to equip us with something. Remember, uh, the passage of scripture I quoted at first was Ephesians 1 that I have a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him. And you remember, I may not, I may not said it, but the Greek word for revelation means to unveil. And so, what we're trying to do is talk about God's presence, and we're asking God's God's word and truth to unveil our eyes of different facets of His presence. One of them, I'm asking that God gives revelation even more is about the opportunity to experience God in the heavenlies. And uh, he dwells in us. He walks among us. But then, like it says in 2 Corinthians 6, for we are the temple of the living God, just as God said, I will dwell in them, I walk among them. I will be their God, they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst, be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. I remember you last night, uh, first night, was it like first night? I said to y'all, that's totally opposite in the first part. I'll dwell in you, I'll walk among you. That's, that's God initiating. But all of a sudden in this one, he's saying, "I'll welcome you." And what you're, what you're seeing is really the invitation of, of the heavenlies. Let's go to Hebrews, Hebrews 4.16. It's also in Ephesians. You've got the other passage of Scripture there. We're going to look at two passages of Scripture that verify this. In Hebrews 4.16, let us draw near with confidence to the, oh, the grace of He's dwelling in us and he's walking among us. but all of a sudden he's saying, draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Where is this? Where is this? Well, we can see it clearly in Hebrews 10, 19, where it says, we have confidence, therefore brethren, we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. That's not future tense, that is right now. We can enter the most holy place. Well, where's this most holy place? Well, if you would, look with me in chapter 9, verse 23, where it says, Therefore it was necessary for the copies of the things in heaven to be cleansed with these things, but the heavenly things the, themselves for better sacrifices from these, from these. For Christ did not enter a holy place made with hands, a a copy of the true one, but into what? Heaven itself. To appear in the presence of God. Why? For us. And then when it says in Hebrews 10 19, let us come with confidence into the most holy place, where is he inviting us to come? Into heaven. Now, you know, how can this be? How can this be? Well, if you look in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, you see John experience something, and it gives us a clue what this is. Um, I, uh, verse 9, I, John, your brother and fellow partaker in the, tri- of tribul- in the tribulation and kingdom and perseverance, which is in Christ Jesus, was on the island of- called Patmos, because of the word of the Lord. And that's a big, awesome statement. He's there because the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. He's, he's in wilderness because of that. But anyway, verse 10, sorry. I was in the Spirit in the Lord's day, and I heard a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. And y'all know the rest of the book of Revelations. I mean, he's gone into heaven. But he was in the spirit on the Lord's day. So when we're talking about drawing into heaven, obviously we know it's in the what? Spirit. You and I are made three parts, body, soul, and spirit. It's with our body that we experience the world. Our soul is the chooser, but our spirit is that communication link into the spiritual realm. And that's how we come to God, in spirit and in truth. And, and unfortunately, uh, as you heard me say the last few nights, the heart, the programming in the heart is what interprets what we're receiving both either in the physical realm but in the spiritual realm mainly it's just pure. I mean, it's just pure. What programming in your heart determines what you see and hear and receive from in the spirit. Um, a couple of examples. Uh, Blessed are the pure in heart for they see God. Pursue sanctification and without which no one will see the Lord. You know, that's sort of blessed are the pure in heart, but they shall see God. Um, I was talking about Mark 6, about those last night. This is why Leah was, what Leah was doing on uh, same important. Oh, by the way, let me just put a little commercial in here. Uh, um, Amy handed me this when she first first started. She said, uh, started last night, what God wants to finish. says, skunk smell pervading among us uh, God wants to remove sin call people to repent grace and conviction then we can move closer to God call people to repent what have we been doing for the last hour? wow that's where we're going huh. so anyway what was I talking about? Oh, yeah. You remember in Mark 6 when uh, Jesus comes into his hometown, the program in the heart of the people there, when they saw Jesus, they saw Jesus as a what? A carpenter. They received him as a carpenter and so therefore they could only receive from him as a carpenter. The program in the heart was determining what they were receiving. How about the time God speaks, Jesus is talking, and God the Father speaks over Jesus. Jesus tells the people, he's spoken to you for this purpose. He's spoken to you. It's par- literally paraphrasing them, God the Father spoke out of heaven. and says some people thought it thundered. Some people thought it was an angel, but some people thought it thundered. In other words, the program in your heart determines what you're hearing in the spirit. So when we're, God's inviting us to come, into the most holy place. Come. It's in the Spirit. And it's God's heart for us to be there. And our, there's past scripture that I was supposed to be there where that place, in John 16, Jesus said to, to the disciples, he said, in speaking to us, he says, I do not say that I will ask the Father on behalf of for you. He says, the Father himself loves you. In other words, you go there. And so Jesus' this whole thing is about to, to get us into the, into the most holy place. Uh, remember in, um, in John 14, 1 through 3, in fact, everything Jesus did was to empower you and I to come as sons and daughters into the most holy place. That's what he's all about. And that's what he told the disciples. He said, told him, he says, you all have heard me preach this before many times. In fact, this is the basis of dwelling place. In John 14, after he told the disciples he was going to leave, and then he, they're freaking out, and he says, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. But then he says, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. And we know that's not mansions. You've heard me say that before. That has nothing to do with mansions. It is not the Greek word for mansions. It has nothing to do with houses or anything like that. What it's got to do with where God is dwelling Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. Here's a corporate dwelling place. Down the street is another dwelling place of God. He said, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. Because why? In the old covenant there was what? One dwelling place. This is new. This is new. And more importantly, in that, in my Father's house are many dwelling places like I... You know, y'all have heard me say this before, but my heart is being a father with Shay and Michelle when they were in our house is is to spend time with Paula, to spend time with Shay, spend time with Michelle. You know, and so that you know this place, and I only have four kids. I don't know how. I mean, I only had two kids, but I don't know how to do it with four. And Driscoll's got six. And I'm going, what? How do you do that? You know, you know. That's God's heart. But here's the cool thing with God. In the Father's house, He can be with all of us at the same time. And that's the cool thing. But what's more importantly in that John 14 passage, my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. And then then he says, I go to what? Prepare a place for you that where I am. You may be also, and you heard me say this before, but it's important you catch this. I go to prepare a place, in the Greek, the word for place is singular, one place, for you, plural you in the Greek. So a place for you. If it was mansions and houses, it would say, I prepare places for you, for you. But no, there's a place for you. Poor are you, one place. What's the one place? That has nothing to do with a house. That where I am you may be also. Where's Jesus at, y'all? Ephesians 1. Right hand of the Father. He was dead, raised, and seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all rule and authority and power. That's where he's at. at the, the, in Ephesians 2 is right before the end of the chapter. He goes, we were dead in our trespasses of sins. By nature, children of wrath, even as the rest. But what? What does it say in four? But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, for by grace are you saved. And then he raised us up and seated us already there. That's past tense. Ain't something that we got to work up to. We Where? We got it. We ain't no scuzz balls like Robbie was preaching about earlier, you know. God's calling Robbie. Come on up. Come on up, son. Come on up. That's why it says in Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, If you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated. Why? If he's seated there, what? So are you. That's the Jesus. That's the place that Jesus prepared to prepare for us. That's called in Christ Jesus. That's what he prepared for us. So when we talk about going in the heavenlies, we come into his place, Jesus' place before the Father. I love that thing, the thought. In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If we're not so, I told you I've got to prepare a place for you. In other words, there ain't no angel. You heard me say this before. There ain't no angel demon come up to you and say to you, who let you in here? What you doing in here? Colleen? Like, when you go up there, it's just like Barack Obama. He lives in the White House. If you went to the White House right now, you start trying to walk in there, are going to say, you got ID? What are you doing in here? You don't have a what in the White House? You don't have a place. Now, Barack Obama's two daughters, wherever they want to go in that White House. But there's a bigger White House. God's house. So Kyle ain't going there. Don't dare let the security guard's angels question her. See, <laughs> this is my father's house. Get out of my way. And where's she going to go? She's going to go to the main place. Right with her daddy. That's what he says. Come. So when we're talking about the heavenlies, Jesus made a way for us. He gave us his place in the Father's house in the courtroom of heaven. And and this is interesting. I have time to teach about this, but I wish... uh, George, can you bring me that over here? Right here. Anybody see that marker box? Markers?
5: Uh, I I thought it was like... Yeah, there it is.
0: Thank you. There's two places you need to be aware of in the heavenlies. I'm writing a book on the courtroom of heaven, but in the courtroom of heaven, that's too dull. <laughs> I don't know uh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Ah. Okay, let's say this is God the Father. Say so here we are in the court in the courtroom of heaven. Here Jesus is, who lives to ever make intercession for us. Here Satan is, that does what? According to Revelations chapter twelve verse ten, he does what? Accuses us before our God day and night. Now this y'all is sort of picture in Job chapter one, where this goes on all the time right now. Judge actions are judged but let me just tell you something you don't want to stay here and I don't have time to go into all the past scriptures about this where you want to go is secret place you want to live here that's the judge's chambers you know how the judge will walk out (laughs) all rise that's here we're the host of heaven are both angels of light and darkness. Look at the prophecy in relationship to, not prophecy, but Micaiah the prophet told uh, Ahab, told him a vision of heaven. He painted this clearly, told a picture of it. You see, it's going on today. That's where you see in Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. You see it with Peter, with Jesus. When Peter, Jesus tells Peter, Satan has demanded to sift you like wheat. I pray for you that your faith may not fail. That's where Paul says in Ephesians 4.26 and 27, he says, be angry, sin not, don't give the devil a place. You know, anyway, I could go on all day long, but when we're talking about drawing into the heavenlies, I'm not talking about here, because this is where you get accused, this is where there's accusations occur. God has called you to this place, this place. It's a place of the mercy and grace of God and and, uh, and I, I'm going quicker, and you've got the verses there, but let me just tell you something about this place. It, there are no accusations in this place. You get this picture in James chapter 1, verse 5, where it, says, where it says, let him ask, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all men generously and without reproach. In other words, in this place, this is a picture of being here, there is no picking you apart. I mean, it's where you see in... Uh, in uh, where, where do I have it in? I know i got got in these notes somewhere. Oh, Jesus. Oh, the purpose, or it's literally in this part under the purpose of the heavenlies, is, is that it's the secret place, it's the hiding place. It's literally Psalm 31:20 says, "It says he will hide you in the secret place of his presence from the conspiracies of men and from the strife of tongues." Robbie, how many times you live life and you're hearing, you're hearing either in the spirit or you're hearing it physically and you're hearing, well, I know I'm not talking about the physical part, but how many times are you hearing just what you are, what you're not? I mean, you just you don't measure up. You don't do this. You don't. You're not a good dad. You're not a good leader. You know. What are you When you're hearing those accusations, you know where that is? That's a signal we're here. We're picking ourselves apart and God's saying, come in a secret place of my presence. I will hide you from the conspiracies of men and from the strife of tongues. There's a, a psalm, and I meant to look it up. and I can't remember, Psalm 37, 38, 39, somewhere in there, where it talks about my ear becomes deaf to the, to the accusations of the enemy. Because why? The thing that you're doing is, is you're hearing the voice of your father. He'll hide you. Why do I go there? Uh, you know, in Psalm 27.5 he hides you in secret place. His presence in the day of trouble. You know, like like uh, like you're hooked up to a heart monitor in a foreign country and, and everything's weird. And you know, and so what do you do? You go to the secret place of the Most High. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High will abide to the shadow of the Almighty. You go there. What does it say in Hebrews 4, 16? Sorry, I'm just jumping around. But in that first verse, literally, what are you doing? We draw near to the throne of grace that we might, what? Receive mercy. Find grace. When? Yeah, time... When is there not a time of, literally it says time of need. I'm going, when do I not need mercy and grace? What are you doing? Are you going to say it? Yeah, you want to do it? I mean, feel free. So so this secret place, y'all, is for that place that we're into the presence of God where you can go and hide. You can hide in the spirit. You know, sometimes you know. I mean, like in a worship service. To be honest with you. Uh, uh, when you know I'm right, is that when you don't? You may come up to me and try to talk to me. And I mean, there's been times I like I sit on the front row, or my face is in the seat here, and somebody will come up and they want to tell me a word. They tap me on the shoulder and go right, and it just like. I feel shocked because it's like I'm, you, I'm like coming into another, back out of another realm, and it's just like, I don't want to be here. And uh, And yeah, and, and, and why is it? Because this place is so safe in the, in the presence of our father. It's just so safe. I mean, it is everything. He is. He is love. He is acceptance. I don't have to perform there. Praise God, you know. I don't have all the right answers. I don't have to. I, just, all I do it. Just go, Daddy. I just need. I just need you. He says, "Come on." And so we come. But also, the big thing about God's presence in the secret place gives you heaven's perspective. You know, uh, sometimes I come out of an elders meeting or a meeting with Tulio and Mitch and Tammy and Leah and them. And so, you know, I come out of a meeting and they're, you know, oh, we got to do this, we got to do that. And, and uh, all of a sudden, you just start seeking the presence of God. and and all of a sudden you get in that place and all of a sudden you're going, what's important? What's important? All of a sudden you're seeing things from God's perspective and going, that which I think is important, this is not important at all. It's not important at all. You know, you've heard me use this illustration before, but to me it's that picture of, uh, of uh, ladies that do those uh Crocheting. Is it crocheting or needlepoint, babe? Needlepoint where you got those round things and they pull the fabric and they take that needle and they're they're doing it, you know, doing these pretty things. But the crazy thing to me is always when you look at it from the side they're working on, you know, and I go, that's ugly. But then when you flip it over, yeah, that's pretty. But if you look at it, you know, And that's why if you hold it right how it is from the bottom, it looks ugly. But when you take the the heaven's perspective of it, you go, oh, yeah, that's what you're doing, God. And that's how I feel like my life is. You know, I'm going, God, this is ugly looking. I mean, there's a bunch of threads here and there, and it looks all messy. And then God says, come here, look here. Come here. Here, son, look. And I'm going, you're causing all things to... What? We're going for good. God, this, is, this is, you're doing something good. You know, and because we can so much, look, I, Leah one time rebuked the snot at me. Sorry, I'm deviating here. But uh, we were in a meeting and, you know, one of the things I can ha- easily do is that we were in a meeting, you know, having, you know in a service. Okay, what can we do in better? What can we do, you know, how can we do it different? And Leah looked at me and she said, Rick, where's the Where's the well done? Where's the well done? And I felt like... (coughs) That's the whole deal about rest. And that's what... Sort of what Robbie was preaching about earlier is getting in that place that where, you know, he believes enters his rest. And so I don't know what that's got to talk about here, but it's getting Kevin's perspective. And that's why I invite... God's inviting us to go there. The other thing the Lord was showing me in this past scripture, in Hebrews 10, 19, you know, let us come with confidence to the most holy place, you know, and it goes on. An Interesting thing, and what, what I was really seeing in that is that when going into heaven allows me to tune up to the, God's presence in me and God's presence among us. It allows me to tune up, and and I, y'all, here's ignorance gonna show up. But when you're doing music, y'all have to tune up somehow, don't you? That's <laughs> 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 There's something you gotta tune to. Sorta. Standard tuning. Yeah, sorta like on a box now, in an electronic box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, God's presence in the heavens is that which enables us to tune into really literally in every facet within us. And so that's why God says, come here to the throne of grace and, and come there. And, uh, and so, real simple. I know this is disheveled and I apologize. But, and how do we go there? I just want to really just real quick to speak that. Notice, in, let's go to Hebrews 10. Verse 19, we have confidence in the innermost holy place by the blood of Jesus. Uh, but notice down there in verse 22, let us draw near with a what? Sincere heart. The only way to come into the heart into the heavenlies is from the heart. You remember the the passage in Psalm 42, 6 and 7? Well, this really is the calling that. Deep cries out to what? Deep. That's when you go there to go into the presence of God from the heart and from the depths of you because to build up in these religious walls. And I've tried to do it. Oh, you can try to have this little experience and you try to drum things up in your head. You know, I'm going into a secret place and God's going. And I'm just, but I'm doing it from some religious exercise, you know, that, oh, I can do this, you know. But I'm not coming there from the heart. <sighs> yeah, it's, it's sick. The only way to go there is from the depths of us. Now I'll warn you all on some things. And that goes to this next passage where, where you notice every time, every time you see, I'll say this to you, every time you see this reference about drawn into the heavenlies it's in Ephesians chapter 3 and it's also, I don't have the verse in there so I think it's Ephesians 3.11 or something like that. Anytime you see a reference to coming into the, into the heavenlies um, no it's not 3.11 Yeah, 312. In him we have boldness and confident access through him. In faith we have boldness and confident access. That's the end of the heavenlies. Every time you see that mentioned, you'll see this word confidence preceded. Let us draw near with confidence, throne of grace. Since we have confidence in our most holy place, we have boldness and confident access through him. Why is that important? Why is that important? Because into the heavenlies, y'all, let me just tell you this. It's, there's no gaming. Um, The programming in your heart, in my heart, is absolute. It's just, it's absolute. And it's not that God would ever turn us away. Hebrews 4.16 is is important, along with like 1 John 3.21 and Y'all are in a dwelling place. You've heard this many times before, but for this moment, let me reiterate it. 1 John 3, 21. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. Why is confidence important? Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Now, what if, you know, Ken, Satan wants to, Ken, Satan knows the best place for Ken to operate out of, and it's his daddy's house in the secret place in the heavenlies. But if Satan wants to just relegate Ken into existence, earthly existence, and separate him from the opportunity of just receiving just boatloads of mercy and grace, what Satan's going to try to do is hinder him from coming into the heavenlies. The main way that Satan will do that is to try to steal your confidence. Which can be sin. It can be law. It can be, it says, if your heart does not condemn you, any form of fashion that were the enemy would cause your heart to condemn you. It can be sin, yeah. Unconfessed sin. Or it can be sin that you confessed and that you haven't agreed to with God and released and forgiven yourself. Or it can be accusations against yourself. In fact, the the most painful thing I've ever seen is is where I've seen, y'all have heard me use this illustration before many times, the painful illustration of of a young lady who had been sexually abused or by her dad, I've seen it by many times, it's just a hundred times, I' just really the first time I ever really saw it. but that young lady who had just been sexually abused by her dad and she's crying out, "God comfort me And she said to me, she says, i have been crying out to God to comfort me for years and he has not come to me. And I'm thinking and it's not possible. But I didn't tell her that because she was so wounded and broken. And then when I but then God showed me said, Reminded me, he says, the number one attack of the enemy towards somebody who's been abused is that it's their fault. Well, she received the lie that her father sexually abusing her was her fault. And that's how powerful Satan is. That one lie caused that that young lady's heart to condemn itself and here she's drawing, God is trying to draw near to her in the presence of God. I mean, draw her into his into a secret place, and her heart's turning away. No, God, no, God, I can't. But I watched that day, and I've watched it many times since then when all of a sudden that, that young girl released the lie that that abuse was her fault. Instantly, I saw the comfort of God fill her, and she literally, this one particular one, and I've seen it many times like this, laid on the floor and wept with you know, tears of healing and she was comforted by God. So when we're talking about coming into the, the holy most holy place confidence. Confidence first off releasing any kind of form that would bring condemnation. But also I just want to reiterate something here. Our confidence to come to this place and to stand in this place in here y'all has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with who he is. In this place that he says, I go and you can have my place with the Father. And so I go, Jesus, I'm here. There ain't no righteousness that I have done or anything. I receive your righteousness. I receive everything that you have, everything that you've done. Lord, I come there. I I, I stand there. It's not that we're scum. We're loved of the Father. We are. are, Jesus has given us everything that he is, the glory that the Father gave him, he gives to us. But that's my confidence. He has come, and he says, I, I know he's Giving me that place, and uh, and I can come there, you know. And, and there's we could talk about modes and all that kind of stuff, but that's not the important part, you know. Prayer, worship, confession, um, thanksgiving—all of those are just cool tools, but those are those are not the focus. Those cannot be the focus. The Lord is our focus. However he's got us, whatever tool that you're using to go there, you know, uh, that's what it's about. I know we're about through. Rob, you got something? You got your mouth open like you're going to say? Okay. Yeah, we're going to, what I want to do is, is, uh, I know we need to break for lunch, but I'd like us to just take some time just go to the da- go to our dad. I mean the- and what I just ask you to do is just get comfortable. Robbie's gonna lead us in some worship and he's just gonna lead us. And uh, and the parents are gonna pick up their children in 15 minutes. You can bring them back to Yeah. So uh, And you take him into the heavenlies with you? <laughs> let Melissa figure this out here, because how she can let God babysit her kids in the heavenlies. How about that one? <laughs> but that's in the spirits. He does. He, does. He, does. he does. That's right. I've watched Tad and <laughs> him. So, uh, just allow God to just draw near the Lord in your heart. And... Uh, If there's something that's stealing your confidence, uh, just release it. Just release it. If some accusation that's come at you, release it. If there if there are is there is unconfessed sin, release it. Ask God to forgive you. When in doubt, repent. That's my motto. And so Robbie, lead us.
1: I, I finished this as you were preaching. Right? So. <laughs> mm-hmm. Filthy rags I stand Just as I am Hold me in your nail I lay my faces down Of all I want to be Try to be Oh, won't you see it? You place a robe on my shoulders You wrap me in
2: your love And I am yours You are mine I'm the branch, you are the vine, you're the potter, I'm the clay, mold, you make me love, oh God bless you. My daddy's arms, my daddy's arms, my daddy's the spirit of Yeah.
1: say in your heart, Daddy,
8: Hallelujah, Lord. We are in Father's house. It's a safe place. It's a place of peace and rest. It's a place of joy and laughter, as Robbie was expressing in song. It's a place where we can be real, where love abounds. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know why we'd want to be anywhere else. And yet here we are going into the world. We, have to, we still have to go out there.
2: <laughs>
8: but, you know, in, in spite of the fact that we still have to go to our jobs and our whatever we have in our lives, you know, there's our spirit. Our, our spirit can be in God's presence continuously. How else can the word say, you know, to pray without ceasing? You know, but we can. We can. Because we can have that attitude in our heart of confidence and knowing that we are perpetually with our heavenly father. We are there with him. He's with us. And Lord, I thank you. that we're in a safe place in you. Lord, and that we can empty ourselves, that there's no shame. There's nothing hidden apart from you, Lord. We are exposed before you. And Lord, I wouldn't have it any other way. Because Lord, in that place where I'm, I'm naked, It's where I know that, Lord, you free me. It's where I know you can heal me. Where I know, Lord God, that there's nothing. (laughs) There's nothing that separates us. So, Lord, we just give you thanks, God, that you're always drawing us, Lord. You're interceding on our behalf because of your great love for us, Lord. I just pray that we would get a grip of that so that even as Paul spoke, the things of this world would be as rubbish compared to your awesome love. If we could live that every day, Lord, we would have victory in every battle. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for the revelation of your truth Lord, the revelation of who you are and who we are in you, for making it known. Lord, it just brings peace, Lord, brings rest to my soul, comforts me, Lord, and it gives me the ability, Lord, to, to love with your love, not with a fleshly love, but, Lord, a love of our Heavenly Father. Hallelujah, Jesus. Just give you thanks, Lord, for this day. Thank you, thanks, God, for your presence again. Whew. We love you, Jesus. <laughs> 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 ah. <Yeah. sighs> blessed. I guess we, Tulia, we start at 2? Two. Yes. 2 p.m. And again, we, when we come back, do not park on the street, correct? Park in a parking spot. And we go from 2 to 5? Yes. Okay. Lord bless you, and have fellowship over lunch, wherever you might go, if you have lunch. In Jesus' name, amen.